Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. I just wanted to make a few comments before I call the panelists. Why do we do a series on Father's Matter? This last couple of weeks, we've been doing this series, and you've heard different speakers, you know, uh, tackle this topic from a different angle. But if you didn't know, fatherlessness is considered the number one problem in the world today. All the problems we have in the world today can actually be traced to the lack of fathers or the father absence in the lives of children. Said so to say that, I want to also say that we acknowledge that there are many people who grew up without a father or those who had a father physically present but emotionally absent. All of us are on a journey of healing, especially with a topic like this. You may have had an estranged relationship with your father. Like myself, my dad was there, but the, the relationship we had was not the kind of relationship I wish I had. I'm grateful to God that before he passed on, I was able to look at him in the eyes and I say, I forgive you. And that brought so much healing to me and to him because our relationship started changing after I said to him, I forgive you. And I know for some of you, it may be very difficult to even start the conversation uh, to say, I'm going to find my father and tell him that I forgive him. And I trust that as we conclude the series tonight, you can begin the journey of trusting the Lord for healing. The impact of fatherlessness is actually very, very big. Broadly speaking, there's up to 60% of fathers who have abdicated their responsibility towards their children in some form or the other. To bring it closer to home, in South Africa, 67% of birth certificates don't have the name of the father. 67%. That is huge. When I first saw that statistic, I just felt to pray that, Lord, may there be a generation that will come up that will change the status quo. Many fathers missing in action, we see the fruit of it and the results of it in the abused become the abusers. The neglected become the next set of absent fathers. It becomes like a generational curse that perpetuates and goes to the next generation. And brokenness in family reaching epidemic proportions. With that in mind, let me tell you what the scripture says. Psalm 68, verse 4 to 6, the Bible says, Sing to God, sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him, his name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families he leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. God is a father to the fatherless. So in case you are here and you're saying, I've never experienced the love of father, God is your father. In case you are here and you said, I had a father who was physically present but not emotionally present, God is all that you need him to be at that moment. He's a father to the fatherless. 
and God sets the lonely in family. The number one role of a father is to point children towards God, the Father. I don't know if you've noticed this, that most of us, our relationship with God the Father is actually impacted by the relationship we had with our earthly fathers. And that's exactly where I want us to take the conversation tonight when we call our, our panelists that the role of the father is actually to point us to God the Father. Even though our fathers here on earth were not perfect, their role actually was to send us and point us to the perfect father. And I hope that we can be able to do that tonight. So let's call our panelist uh, Shami. Let's give you a round of applause. Please come on up, Shami. Nkosi Kona, please come on up. And Stefan Buota, please come on up and take a seat. Awesome, awesome. I must tell you guys, these were the brave people who said yes. Some said no. Pastor Sai, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm still on a journey, you know. Uh, in the first two services this morning, we had some very, very good, uh, vulnerable talk with the panelists that we had. And uh, I hope that you can identify with some of what they're going to share tonight. And uh, I trust that you will be blessed. There will be a time as we go along where we will involve you in the conversation. And we trust that there's going to be a healing, restoration, and deliverance tonight. Amen. Cool. Thank you guys for agreeing, for saying yes. Uh, I have been... I didn't know we had a choice. You didn't know you had a choice, yeah. Only now he realizes that he could have said no. Sorry, too late. Uh, I have been practicing to say Nkosi Kona because you corrected me that I'm not Nkosi Nati. Nkosi Kona. Uh, so let's start with you, Shami. If you can just introduce yourself, tell us who you are, where you come from, what you do, and uh, if you're still married to that guy sitting over there. <laughs> Yes, I am still married. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. I'm Shami. I'm originally from Tanzania. I grew up in Lesotho, as well as a small town called Ladybrand, just across the border from Lesotho. I'm a wife, married to the most handsome man in the world, sitting right there. <laughs> yeah, and I don't have kids. Thank you. Uh, hi everyone, I'm Goskona Lombo, I'm from a town they call Tongat uh, in KZN. Uh, it's a bit north of Durban, uh, a bit south of Stenga, if, if you guys know Stenga by any chance. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a third of four children uh, born to my mother and I'm like number 10 uh, of children born to my father. I was born to a polygamous uh, marriage. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you Goskona, I really appreciate you doing this and being here tonight. How's it, everyone? I'm Stefan Boeta, born and raised in Cape Town, studied in Stellenbosch, um, married to a lovely wife, sitting in the third row, <laughs> two kids upstairs, and uh, if you see Etienne running around, it's his birthday tomorrow, he turns 10, so he's super excited, so, so happy birthday, and Emma, she's seven. Um, been in Joburg now for 19 years, being in this church, and uh, yeah, it's awesome to be here. Let's give him a round of applause. Thank you for agreeing. And we forgive Stefan from coming from Cape Town, but thankfully he saw the light, moved to Joburg. Um, so the first question for our panelists tonight is, uh, what were some of the things that spoke to you the most during the sermon series that we've just been covering on Father's Matter? Let's start with you, Stefan. Yeah, so I think actually the... the, the the most relevant thing for me, and it's not because of the sport uh, comment, but uh, when Pastor Shola made the comment, you never walk alone. Yeah. 
for those who don't know, that's Liverpool Football Club's uh, <laughs> motto. Um, and um, I think I'm in the privileged position that I've got kids now as well. And, um, and knowing that we, we're not alone, but I think what, what really spoke to me as well is that it doesn't happen by accident to not walk alone. Um, it takes effort from, from you um, to both be vulnerable, but also to draw out the vulnerable, vulnerability. And um, unfortunately, recently we've heard of some very good friends of ours going through a very tough time. And, and they've been going through this tough time actually for a while. And it's people that we see regularly. And, and I've been struggling with myself is why haven't I kind of noticed or why haven't pulled it out of them or why haven't I been there so that we can maybe have, maybe the things could have sorted out themselves, not themselves, we could have helped or facilitated the process a little bit earlier. But I think that was a challenge for me is in my, my father journey, I don't walk alone. Um, and I'm not called to walk alone, but that there's an intentionality. It's not going to be by accident that people are going to come to me and say, hey, bro, how are you doing? And not then just give the Facebook answer and say, eh, it's fine, or whatever. But really be open and vulnerable and, and drawing out the open and vulnerableness in other people. So. so good. I think we need to underscore that we are not alone. And I have been so blown away by the role that the Connect Group has played in my life. Just having other men to journey together, to pray together, to even cry together. Great. Let's go to you, Shami. Okay, um, what I really liked about this series is that it was for everyone. It, it didn't just speak to fathers, but it spoke to every one of us. And if I just go back to the beginning with Pastor Quinton's message, I really liked how he, he framed it in the beginning by saying who God is and who God isn't. Um, yeah, I just felt that was important just given people's relationships with their earthly fathers. They just, you know, often see God as judging or condemning, distant. But yeah, he assured us to say that God is not limited to human imperfections and he's loving, he cares for us and he just really has a heart for us. And I would also say the other thing that really struck to me is uh, Pastor Shola's message, um, the, the example of Abraham and Lot, and just the, the, the two different journeys that they pursued. Abraham had a posture more of obedience and sacrifice and faithfulness, and more importantly, answering to the call, whereas uh, Lot was just seen as more of a follower. He just followed Abraham in, in the place that God was taking him. And yeah, just uh, the end result or the biggest revelation to me is just that one man's obedience or disobedience, you know, like just what that results in. So yeah, I would say those are the main things that, that really spoke to me. Thank you. That, that wasn't for you to say you should stop. <laughs> Maybe I should start doing that. I don't know if you noticed as uh, Pastor Shola spoke last week that actually a big part of why Lot was the way he was, was because he lost his dad at a young age. Even though God provided through Abraham to be that father figure in his life, he still never really recovered from his losing his dad at a young age. So let's just keep that in mind, that God will provide father figures. The question is, will we receive them as God placed them in our lives? All right, thank you. Goskon. 
Yes, on my side, the one thing that popped up or stood up the most for me was the story of uh, Enosimus and Philemon. Yeah. Uh, partly because that's a story or that's a book in the Bible. I haven't exactly given me ta- myself time to read uh, prior to when uh, Pastor Lerego preached it. And also from a perspective of I got to see and recognize and realize the fact that fatherhood is not necessarily uh, biological or natural because there wasn't any uh, natural obligation from Paul to Onesimus. And, and also another thing, another big important lesson for me from that uh, story is the fact that provision was not necessarily financial because how Paul provided for Onesimus wasn't necessarily pro- financially pro- provided for him uh, in terms of relationships, in terms of identity, and all the other things uh, mentioned in that sermon. Yeah, if you didn't watch it, please do check it out. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> He's plugging in, plugging in. <laughs> So uh, it's from that perspective, uh, just to see provision and to see fatherhood in a different light, uh, that is what stood out for me the most. Yeah? Awesome. I think on that particular sermon, one of the things that I wanted to highlight is how fathers raise children to a place of partnership. So we never raise children, even spiritual children, you mentioned, people that we walk with, we're not raising them just to be followers forever, for life. You know, we raise them to a point where they can challenge us, where they can become partners. So it is amazing how Paul just took Onesimus and brought him to the place of partnership. And he said to Philemon, please receive him as a partner. So a challenge to all of us, those that we disciple, those that we work with, the intention is that they become partners. It's not for them to always uh, be, you know, that whole boss and uh, you must always follow. I don't want to speak about my teenage children. I'm glad they're not here today. I think they uh, like Pastor Lereko's message a lot. So the next question is, can you describe for us your relationship with your biological father or earthly father and, and also maybe other people who played a significant role of a father in your life? Let's start with you, Goskan. Uh, on my side, my relationship with my biological father uh, growing up was mostly from a provisional perspective. So he was more a provider, uh, given that he worked during the weekend, he was home during the weekend, so there wasn't much time uh, with us during the weekend. So it was, even uh, when I got to varsity, it was easy to know him as a need meter, as a provider. It is only later on, uh, after his retirement, that he has more time. We can be able to try and build a relationship uh, more easier. Uh, that's the relationship I've basically had for, with him, yeah. I would like you to just maybe comment. You mentioned that you, you grew up uh, in a family where your dad was in a polygamous relationship. How was that for you? How did that impact you? The fact that I don't know whether your mother was uh, in Gwenkulu, you know, the big house, <laughs> the first house, the second house. Maybe you can share some people might identify with it. Uh, so they were, it, was, it, was, it was not as traditional uh, like I think in terms of this uh, first wife, second wife. <laughs> but it was more it was more because we only found out later I think it was around when I was 16 or 15 that we had other siblings we had okay. other brothers so it was not something that we grew up knowing as well it's just that they knew and they kept to themselves and then they only told us uh, later on when we were growing up yeah? okay. so another thing even just listening to Nkoskona's story is I know that some of us have to wrestle with the fact that um, you discover later that you have siblings somewhere else uh, and you also have to journey that with your parents when you discover that maybe your father had children even before you or your father had children somewhere else to the extent that you have siblings your age uh, we have uh, matters like those that we've had to walk with people through so um, uh, thank you for sharing so vulnerably great Shami let's go to you 
Um, I was a daddy's girl, so we had a good relationship. <laughs> um, yeah, he was very loving, very caring. Um, he was a huge uh, encourager and motivator of my dreams, my aspirations. Yeah, I mean, he was generally a good dad. And yeah, we, we often had good conversations. We still do. We have good chats, good debates. Um, yeah, he often used to joke a lot. Um, and as far as laughing at his own jokes uh, that were very terrible. Daddy jokes. Bad. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's been an overall good dad. Awesome. That's good to know. And your relationship is still good. Yeah, still good. Uh, we still chat quite a lot. Um, yeah, even. Great. Uh, in the second service, there was a guy who mentioned that um, his dad had made a decision that the curse that has been on the family is going to stop with him. So it was very known that uh, the ones that were there before him had had children outside the family. There'd been a whole lot of things. And then he says that was the legacy that his dad had for them. So I'm glad that we can hear positive stories of fathers who were present, not just stories of fathers who were absent. Thank you for sharing that. And I just wanted to add, um, he didn't grow up with his father. His father actually died the day he, he was born. Wow. So he, yeah, he didn't have a reference or an example to, to model. So sure, that's good. Stefan. Yeah, I was also fortunate to be uh, part of the third, if you listen to your stats, to, to know my dad at least. But, but my, my dad's awesome. So um, I really, really honor him and um, have an awesome relationship with him. He's not perfect, and we do have the odd uh, discussions that we don't agree with each other. But I think what just this series reinforced to me is what do, I need to make sure that in 30, 40 years' time, my children can sit on a couch somewhere and have the same kind of conversation. And um, fatherhood doesn't come easy. Uh, there's no manual. Um, there's no how-to guide, or the, although there's many, actually. <laughs> but but they all contradict each other and things like that. There's so many priorities, so many important stuff, and to, uh, what do I need to do to make sure that I lay the foundation so that it's not the, the opposite of starting a new start, that, that my kids can one day say, yo, my dad really was, was there for us, was the provider, was the, um, the pointed us to, to God, as you earlier said, is that is the role of the Father. So That's so good. Thank you, Stefan, for sharing that. Um, I want us to just uh, turn things around a little bit now. Um, so in the light of what you guys have been sharing and talking about now, um, if you can share about what you think uh, kids need the most from their fathers, especially in the days that we're living in, uh, the influence of social media, the influence of maybe peers at school, peer pressure. There's so much barrage of information that's coming their way. Uh, probably both mother and father, but what do kids need the most from uh, their, their fathers now? Who would like to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I think two, two things that I want to... I think the first thing is to be present. Um, time is probably the most uh, important and the most precious commodity that we've got. And like I just said, there's always multiple priorities running around and a lot of important things to do. And it's that time when you need to, to put down the phone and not just, yeah, 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 listen with one ear and look with one eye, but actually put the phone down and 
turn and say, okay, what do you want to do? And even if it is the not the most exciting thing, even if it's, a, you know, spend your time and invest and, and just be present. And I think the, the second thing is um, to, to be an example yeah. and to not just talk the talk, and, but actually to walk it. And I was uh, exposed to it yesterday and the whole of today actually as well. My, my daughter, I don't know why, she got into, she's running a little shop at home, she put out all the things at home and then you need to come and shop at the shop and she's giving you money and you come into the shop. But I was amazed at standing there when I've now picked my goodies, giving her the money, she's got a little phone that she gives and then I need to tap and then I need to put in my code and then she writes a little receipt and she gives me the receipt and she gives me the change and everything. And I just realized this, she's seen this being done 200,000 times, I don't know how many times. She's never done it before, but she's seen it done so many times, and she could reenact it 100%. And, and it was just reinforced to me, you see, oh, you think kids don't notice, or kids don't see, and I'm saying the right thing, so what I do isn't that important. I think it's super, super important to demonstrate and to do the right thing, so that, so that it's almost second nature and natural to them, and it's not that they have to think and wonder and... Uh, just as a follow-up to you still, Stefan, is because life gets so busy and we are on all the time. Uh, what do you mean by presence? Because it's one thing to be physically present, but are you fully present? What are some of the things that you do to make sure that you're fully present? I think the, the one is to put the phone away. I think that's probably the biggest thief of our time and our attention. And then secondly, to on explicitly ask my kids, what do you want to do? And then do what they want to do. Um, and just uh, another, uh, so my, I love sport, and both my kids love sport, specifically my son, and he's a bit older, so we play together. And a couple of uh, weeks ago, months ago, my, my wife and my son went to the shop, so it was me and my daughter at home, and I asked her, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And, and she says, no, she wants to play cricket outside. And I was a little bit taken aback. And then I realized, but we've, my son and I have been modeling to her how you spend time together. And she wants to spend time with me in the way that she thinks that I will appreciate it. And I, and I was just challenged, like, how do I connect with her on her terms? And not on my terms or on my son's terms, but to connect with her on her terms. And I think, if, to answer your question, how do we spend time with them is connecting with the kids on their terms, what they want to do, how they want to do it. And sometimes it's easy and it's lacquer and sometimes a little bit of a sacrifice and there's other stuff that you want to do, but still to, to invest in that. Thank you for being honest. Sometimes it's not so lacquer, but you're doing it. <laughs> Go, Scott. Uh, on my side, it would be the same thing as well in terms of presence, uh, being there, availability emotionally, not just uh, being there physically. And it would also be a community in terms of working with other fathers, with other dads as well, because I think being a father changes every generation. I think back then, 10 years ago, we had Mixit. Now there's TikTok. So if you're just talking alone, you're not going to know what TikTok is as a father nowadays. Yeah. 10 years from now, that'd probably be a new thing, a new trend. If you're working with other fathers, you're more likely to know about that. And the other thing would be uh, modeling that as an example. Uh, yeah, yeah, just those three, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, one father said this morning, they had to go to the youth pastor, Stuart, and said, 
Can you explain what is TikTok for me? <laughs> My kids are on TikTok the whole time. <laughs> I have no idea what TikTok is, so we need each other. You know, we need help. Shami. Um, I resonate with, with, uh, with both points. Uh, I think a few years back we had a guest speaker and he mentioned how he goes on dates with his kids. Mm. So it wasn't just his daughters, but his son as well. And yeah, I just felt that was special in the sense of you really get to know your kids well, learn their personality, and just giving them that special time away from their siblings and their mom and stuff. And yeah, just similar to, to what Stefan was saying. And um, also just not comparing uh, children with each other yeah. and not showing favoritism because that really kills uh, children's confidence and, and self-esteem. So, yeah, and just what everyone said, uh, just being present, um, just dedicating and setting aside time that you know that, okay, dad is available, he's listening, he's present, he's not half working or half watching sport or, you know. Good. Yeah. I think based on what we're hearing here, some of you will say, I know that most of, the, of you here is still young and probably you don't have children, but this is a good time to actually be hearing this and saying, how am I going to do it differently? Uh, a lot of us, our parents, they did not have the resources that we have today. You know, they did it the best way they could. Uh, when I was reflecting with my Connect group on this topic of Father's Matter, it was Mike Hinton who asked the question, can any of you remember a time when your, your dad apologized, just saying, I'm sorry? Maybe for your generation, my generation, no one in our connect group said, my dad ever said, I'm sorry. I apologize for doing that. And I was just prompted looking at my children. I mean, uh, my youngest one a couple of years ago, um, I had just been harsh on her Whatever stress that was happening and taking place in my life, I promise you it wasn't Lerako. Lerako, Lerako and I were good. I was just going through some stress, and I was a bit harsh on her in the way that I, I'm not talking about being stern. There are times as parents we have to be stern, uh, but I was just, I was harsh. And uh, I remember her going to my wife and says, Mom, I think Dad needs a nap. <laughs> I never forget that. I was so, so convicted <laughs> that after I took my nap, I went back to her and I apologized. And it's, it's just some of the things that we were not taught. I've never seen my dad apologizing, but I've had to do it differently because of the models that I've seen uh, in front of me. But also, you, could, you notice there's a theme here about presence. I never forget one of my kids saying to me, Dad, Please listen with your eyes. Because I thought I was listening to her while I have the phone in my hand. But I was not listening, actually. We need to learn to listen with our eyes. So on that note, before we go to our final question, I want to ask you a question. This is a trick question. Now I'm involving you before I ask the panelists. Uh, and this is the only question where you are allowed to agree to disagree. And I'm going to ask you to also uh, just uh, indulge me for a little bit and be honest with me. The question goes like this. Do you think that parents should just be parents or parents should be parents and friends to their children? So I want you to vote to tell me, do you want parents just to be parents, not to be friends? So if you vote that parents must just be parents, not be friends, just raise your hand. Parents must not be friends. They must be parents. 
Just raise your hand. Be bold. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's okay. That's okay. It's a safe space. Thank you. I saw your hand, Sunny. Um, and then the second one, parents should also be friends to their children. Let me see. All right. I see. It seems like there's more people saying parents should be friends to their children. Okay, good. Uh, I do have an opinion. I'll hold it until the end. Let's hear what the panelists are saying. Who wants to go first? Let me go first. Good. I think parents should be friends uh, with their children, but to an extent. To, so if you look at the example of God and uh, David, uh, God and Abraham, God and Moses, he called them friend and he still gave them instruction. He still disciplined them here and then. He still had boundaries with them as well. So it's friends, but, uh, but not, there's still levels. Yeah. Not buddy-buddy. Not buddy-buddy, yes, yes, yes. There's levels, there's levels. Let's be clear. There's levels, levels of friendship, not bestie. Yeah, I agree, and, and I want to say it's a yes and, because one of our friends is someone that you like to spend time with, someone that you've got a relationship with, someone that you invest in, someone that you've got some shared interest in, not every... Um, and I think all of that needs to be there between a, a, a child and a, and a parent. Um, but why I say there's an and is that I remember standing here in front uh, making a promise that we're going to... Um, during child dedication, a promise that we're going to raise our children in God's ways and in honoring God and, and to the best of our abilities to show God to them. And, and I think with that comes the responsibility and an authority to, to be the, to, to sometimes be stern and to sometimes be the unfriendly one and to sometimes guide and to correct. Um, and things like that, which I think is not in a traditional friendship relationship typically. So, so I think it's a yes and. Um, okay. to right. We'll take that. Shami? Yeah, I agree with Stefan. Um, I, I do believe that your father should be your friend just to create that space where they can come and talk to you and just feel free in that way. But yeah, I think what my dad did was, you know, he was firm on certain things. Um, he he established boundaries. We knew what the non-negotiable things were. You can't mess up in school. You can't, you know, certain friends that he, he didn't approve of, you weren't allowed to hang out with them. So just communicating what the non-negotiable things are and you know when dad's not playing around and yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. There's a distinction of when he's a friend yeah. and also when he's not a friend. Yes. All right, good. That's good. That's levels. Um, <laughs> So, so, based on what I'm hearing here, and I'm glad that there's consensus here. In the morning, there was no consensus. <laughs> the older generation, they said, parents must be parents. And the younger generation, they said, no, parents must also be friends, you know. Uh, and I, 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 I do believe we need to find the middle ground. I think the way you guys were articulating it. Um, at times, we are on this extreme where parents are just parents, and they tend to be authoritarian or disciplinarian and then there are times where parents go into the other extreme where we become friends but it's buddy buddy and there's no drawing of the line when we need to draw the line uh, I used the story this morning uh, of we see it in first world countries uh, in the US last year some videos were going around about what happened uh, during Thanksgiving uh, some Thanksgiving moments that went well and some didn't go so well uh, this very particular one is uh, 
a little boy was not happy with his parents uh, because they took his Xbox and then he took the table and turned it upside down while there was food on the table. When I saw that video, I took it to my kids and I said, this will not happen in this house. Let's just be clear. This will not. I said, if you go to my mother's house, that's even a different story. Black mother in the township, they will sort you out. Have you ever had the story where you, you, you're walking with your mother uh, in the shopping mall and one child somewhere there starts uh, throwing a tantrum and your mother just takes your shoe. I don't know if it's happened to you. It's happened to me. Takes off the shoe and just say, don't even think about it. Before, I th- you, you, you were just well behaved. Don't even think about it, you know. If you say it in vernacular, it will make a lot of sense. Unga lingi. Don't even think, you know. So I just want to say, I'm bringing that, that, that other aspect of reverence and honor. That even though we say we have to be friends, we must never forget the role of the parent in the life of the child. So I'm bringing that tension specifically on purpose that as you are also growing up, you'll have children, there, there is a place for it. You mentioned scriptures, you know, where God uh, calls us his friends. Even Jesus in John 15 says to his disciples, you are my friends if you do what I command you. How's that tension? If you do what I command you, then you are my friends. And there's also an amazing thing there because it is always the suzerain who says to the vassal, you're my friend. It is always God who calls my friend. It's not the other way around. So we don't go to God as buddy-buddy. That reverence must be there. He's the one who says, now I'm coming down to you. The same God who's not parenting from here, he came down to us and said, I will be your father. Even when Jesus left, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will leave you with the Holy Spirit. So I just want us to keep that tension. I don't know if anyone wants to change your vote now. (laughs) We are still parents, but we need to come close to the children. Amen. Anything else? Any closing comments? Anything you want to add to what you've shared so far? All right, great. I have a few closing comments uh, from Pastor Shola's sermon last week. This really uh, hit home, and I hope it will, again, be a good reminder for all of us as we close this series. It is easy to hop into a bed with someone and make a child. But to be a great father, it takes obedience. And I want to add to that list. It takes obedience to the call. It takes courage, bravery, self-sacrifice, and wisdom to be a great father. Not just one day, but every day, every week, every month, every year. To model what God the Father is to our children, we need Him to teach us and we need others along the way. The question is, do we know Him? Because as fathers, first we need to know Him so that we can emulate Him and walk with Him. Let's all stand to pray. Can we thank our panelists uh, for doing such a stellar work? And uh, thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to talk to them, maybe something that they shared after the service, they'll be up here with us. Uh, how we want to end the service today is on this side, we're going to have uh, men who are leading connect groups. 
And if you are a man and you need a connect group, please come speak to them because we need each other. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And if you're leading a mixed group, maybe you're a lady, you're leading a mixed group, you can also come stand here. We want to get men into connect groups. And then on this side, going this way, if you need prayer for anything, maybe in particular, it's a father wound or your own journey as a father, we will have our ministry team ready to pray with you. And I want us to pray for us that whatever God spoke to us tonight, whatever God challenges us tonight, that we will not just walk away the same way we came in. So let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you that even through conversation, you can change lives, Father God. Lord, out of tonight, Lord God, we are reminded that you are a father to the fatherless. You set the lonely in family, Lord God. So no one should be lonely in you, Father God. And Lord, I pray for those, Father God, who probably still have to start the journey of uh, saying I'm sorry to their dads, to their earthly fathers. Lord, I pray that you'll give them the courage, give them the strength to be able to forgive. Lord, I also pray for those fathers who may be here today who are saying, I want to do better as a father so that I don't perpetuate what I experienced with my earthly father. I pray, Father, that God, as we are created in your image, we will be able to emulate you, the love that you have for us. And Lord God, I pray even how we have been hard on ourselves as fathers to remember that we are not perfect, but you are perfect, Lord. You are the perfect father that we have someone to look up to and we can point our children to the perfect father. We pray this in Jesus' name.